I want to ask, because this is uh, audio, what are you wearing? Nothing. I'm James Kim. And I'm Elissa Dudley. This is The Competition. They don't like you. That's none of your damn business anyway. This is cool. So it's finally here, competition day, where 11 men will compete for the title of Mr. Los Angeles Leather 2018. Yes, and it's pretty early in the morning, at least for us. And all the contestants, judges, and the crew are getting ready for the big show. We're at this historic theater in downtown L.A. called The Globe, and all of the contestants are dressed up in their leather best, except for Taz. Yeah. He's wearing nothing at all. And when we got there, one of the first things Taz did was just strip down and let his cock out. But I have to say, Alyssa, he did have some nice shiny leather boots on. Yeah. (laughs) And while everyone else was running around, clothes or not, there was one contestant who was just sitting in the corner looking kind of peaceful. Ben. There's just a lot of chaos. It's kind of wonderful. Oh, man. Yeah. How are you feeling right now? Uh, Calm, actually. I think when everyone else gets chaotic, I tend to uh, oppose that. So when there's a lot of craziness happening and everybody's sort of rushing around, I tend to kind of take a moment to myself in the corner, which is nice. Okay, so the crowds won't arrive for another eight hours or so, but the competition starts right now. So the first round takes place before any of the lights or fog machines go on. It's the interview round, where one by one, each contestant is grilled by a panel of eight judges who will ask them about literally anything. Yeah, they'll ask them really personal things like, what kinds of fetishes or kinks are you into? Or they might pose hypotheticals, like, what if someone starts to fight with you on Facebook? Like, how do you handle that if you win the title of Mr. L.A. Leather? And sometimes they'll even throw history questions at them, like, what happened at the Black Cat Bar in L.A. in 1967? The contestants are bombarded with questions for about 15 minutes, and the head judge for the whole thing is the previous winner of Mr. L.A. Leather, Jeff Wilcox. I'm a very shy, introverted, play video games, don't go out in public kind of person. And I wanted to try and change that a little bit. So I I ran for the local bar title to try and get my feet wet. And I won, and I wasn't expecting that. And it kind of, the analogy I use is I put my foot in the river, and it pulled me in and took me down to Niagara Falls. The other thing that was most amazing for me throughout this whole thing is Sorry. Um, I I met the love of my life the week after I won um, Eagle LA. So he came to my bar. I've had a crush on him for years. We knew each other for six years before that. And I said, uh, I'm going to talk to him. And I did. The next day, we had our first date, and we talked until 4 a.m. I texted my roommate the following morning saying, I just met the man of my dreams. I'm going to marry him. And now we're going on a year and 
three months together. Holy shit, congratulations. So that, that was my grand prize. I would go through this a hundred times over just to, to be able to be with him. Okay, so not everyone gets a husband out of winning this competition. And there's not like some massive cash prize either. Right. I mean, there's some money involved. A $1,000 gift card to a leather store. There's a hotel and stay package to Palm Springs Pride and Big Bear Romp. Some sex toys, lube, and various other stuff. But none of these contestants are really doing it for the stuff. It kind of seems like everyone has something to prove. I mean, I don't know why you would do something so stressful and so nerve-wracking for just like a couple of gift cards and a weekend getaway. Yeah. So it's finally time. The competition is starting and the interview round is in full swing. It's the first of four rounds and it's worth the most points. 40 out of 100. So basically, if you bomb this round, you might have lost the entire competition right off the bat. How are you feeling right now? I'm good. My heart's beating a little faster than I thought it would be, but I'm ready. Let's do this. And Spike is up next. Is this your, um, the barware? No, this is just my interview. Um, oh, so you have more... Have more looks to bring. You best bet I got more looks to bring. Oh my god, this is just like Miss America. <laughs> don't, don't let them hear you say that, absolutely. It, it is the gay leather Miss America. <laughs> Spike has been waiting in this hallway for about 40 minutes. And the more time that's passed, the more Spike started fidgeting. And then, he starts humming. <laughs> What are you humming? Uh, Depeche Mode. Mm, okay. That's my favorite band of all time, so I feel like there's always a Depeche Mode song yes. playing. Yeah. I love that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, here we go. Okay, next time we So we start walking down these stairs, and then we turn the corner, and bam. There are all the judges, all eight of them just sitting in a row with their pens drawn, their judging sheets in front of them. And the room that we're in is pretty dark except for one spotlight right in front of all the judges. And that's where Spike has to stand. So last year after the contest I, I attended, uh, one of the judges said, a man in a dress can't really expect to win Mr. Ellie Leather. Now, I'll disclose to you that I disagree. But can you tell me about other communities that you've heard about with regards to leather that for one reason or another have been told they don't belong in leather and how are we going to use your platform as Mr. Elliot Leather to combat that? I think I'm a perfect example of someone who is already doing a lot of faux pas. You know, I wear a little bit of makeup, I wear some high heels, I wear nail polish, and I think a man in a dress is still a man in a dress and much more. As Iggy Pop said, you know, it makes you stronger. So I'm not going to tell them anything. I'm going to show them by doing and being me. I feel like Spike quoting Iggy Pop should get in some extra points, right? <laughs> yeah, for real. That's a pretty awesome reference to throw in there. And just a note, both Alyssa and I were in that room. Alyssa was sitting right next to the judges recording everything. Yeah, I was kind of watching them throughout all the interviews, trying to see if they gave a sign about who was doing good or not. And Spike seemed to do pretty well based on their reactions. Yeah, but... Not all of Spike's responses were slam dunks. Okay. A little history. 
Can you tell me the history of the black leather and the brown leather? To be honest, I cannot, but I can get back to you on that, 100%. Oof. I know, I know. I honestly like felt it in my gut when Spike couldn't answer that question. But the fact that he was honest about not knowing the responses gave him a little bit of respect. Jeff Wilcox, the head judge, told me that it's better to be honest about what you don't know instead of trying to fake an answer. Right. So when Spike's interview was winding down, Jeff asked him in the last two minutes if there was anything else he wanted to add. Um, I kind of want to tell you about my mom. Um, she's, like I said, she was, she's fantastic. She was, you know, we were always struggling, running around. She became my backbone. Sometimes she put sex before me. You know, and it wasn't until I got older that I understood the need, the yearning, and the feeling. And we've talked about it. We've, we've you know, we've um, come to a common ground. And I've introduced her into, she now is a happily married woman. She has a submissive. You know, she's into the kink world. She understands me. She doesn't shame me. She posts my booty all over her wall at work. She's not giving a fuck. She does not give a fuck. And that's, that's who I want to be like, you know? And, uh... And I don't think anyone should be ashamed of where they came from, who they are, and what they're doing. The judges thanked Spike, he thanked everyone back, and he headed upstairs. And I hung around in the basement and asked all of the judges what they thought of Spike. I think it's so great how proud he is about her mother. His mother is just really nice. That was emotional. They talked about his mom, you know, how proud he is and how proud she is of him. So it looks like Spike kind of rebounded with that last response. But I wanted to see how he was feeling. What is up? I am feeling fucking fantastic. I feel so good. I, I feel like I voiced my opinion. I got to say what I wanted to say. Um, the questions that were asked were just getting to know me. And I don't think I was stumped. <laughs> there was that one uh, history of brown leather. Black and brown leather. Yeah. I'm going to do that right now. Thanks oh. for reminding me. Well, good luck, and uh, good luck on your performance tonight. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So there was one contestant who wasn't asked a single history question or anything technical like that at all. If you didn't know that is when people were doing leather before, you've met me and now you know. And no one can tell me that I'm not doing that. Pup Yoshi. I mean, he's been a part of the leather community for several years. The judges acknowledged that they knew him personally. And when it got to the judge who had been asking the leather history questions, well, he didn't even bother with testing Yoshi's knowledge. This is what he asked instead. So you win, Mr. LAL. What are some of the goals that you hope to accomplish during this, with this title? What I hope to do is just by being present as a person of color, standing on the stage as Mr. Los Angeles Leather, make a statement that people of color have a place in this community. Hi. Um, I've seen you uh, just this week wear the same t-shirt twice. Obviously that t-shirt has a tremendous significance to you. Sure, so the shirt that Ralph was talking about is a shirt that has a um, mural that's on the wall of the Eagle Tokyo. The reason that picture, that image is important to me is um, last year I went to Japan. I've been to Japan before, you know, my family is fourth generation. 
I mean, in the United States, I consider myself very much an American, but something about going to Japan, it was an opportunity for me to reconnect with my culture, with my roots. And this was the first time I've been back to Japan as an out gay man. And seeing that image on the wall in the bar, and seeing Asian men that were sexy and hot and found me attractive and wanted to have sex with me, it was a mind-blowing thing. And I had to face not only my own shame for not feeling attractive, I had to deal with my own issues with other Asian men. I was discounting their sexual appeal because I felt badly about myself. So it's really what gave me a tremendous amount of confidence. And that shirt, that image, is just a crystallization of all of that. Each time I wear that shirt, each time I see that image, each time I put that shirt on, it's a reminder of the power that I have. And anyone else in our society who says that Asian men cannot be sexual, that can be passionate, they cannot be, that they're just passive, is complete bullshit. That's what that image means to me. <laughs> so, Alyssa. Yes. Okay, so I interviewed Yoshi at his home one-on-one, -on -one, and I have to say what we heard here, I'm pretty shocked by. Just like you didn't think he was going to do this well? or Yeah, I mean, when I was at his house, he was so reserved and didn't really want to open up. And then here, he's all vulnerable, honest, thoughtful with all of his responses. And when Alyssa and I talked to him after this round... We couldn't contain our excitement for him. Yeah. Yoshi, I want to talk to you. Okay. Because <laughs> that shit moved me. There were snaps in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There were snaps. I've been in there for every interview so far, and no one else got snaps. That's true. <laughs> How you feeling, man? I'm good. Yeah. I, it's kind of a blur. I don't know really. I don't really remember what I said or what I did. Really? Yeah. God. Moving fast. That was... Um, really well said and very thoughtful. Did, did you take a very long time um, reflecting before you went in there? I had an idea of what some of the questions would be, but you know, to be honest, you you don't know what the judges are going to have in mind. And the challenge with these judges, for the most part, is they all know me, and they've they've known me for a long time. So trying to give them some background and perspective on something that they might not know is a little bit challenging. And then there's Ben, who didn't want us to record his interview. It was enough pressure without that already. But I caught him in the alley behind the theater after he finished. How did it feel? Um, it felt good. I've had this sort of knot in my stomach for all day, um, and it started to release, which is really nice. How do you feel like they reacted to you? Okay. I think in it was good. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to see from them. There were a couple of moments when I feel like maybe what I did wasn't... It was what I wanted to do, but not necessarily what they wanted to see. But I don't feel bad about that. So, James. Yes, Alyssa? I think we can agree that Spike and Yoshi did pretty well in the interview round. Ben seemed to think he did pretty okay too, but there was one person out of all 11 contestants that kind of struggled, and that was Jose. 
I'm in leather history, so okay. Stonewall happened in New York. Everyone knows about Stonewall. Yes. But two years before Stonewall, something happened in Los Angeles. Do you know what it is? Can you explain it? Uh, that I'm not aware of, but I can get back to you on that one. Okay, so to be fair, most of the contestants did not ace the history question. But Jose had a hard time with a couple of other questions, like this hypothetical from Lady Scarlet Sin. So let's say you win Mr. L.A. Leather. Okay. And in a few months, you get a new sash wife. And she says, Jose, as Mr. L.A. Leather, I am throwing a fundraiser for the women's leather community. Would you attend? Definitely. If Hold I on. Hold on. We're not done yet. Okay. It's not But just as you're typing your response to her, you get an email saying, oh, there's also a fundraiser for homeless veterans. That same day, that same time, which one do you attend? Right. <laughs> um, I would attend both. You can't attend both. <sighs> <laughs> um, that's a hard decision, Mike, because my heart is set on both communities right now. And then he got another one from Girl Complex. She said, imagine you win. And then me and Miss L.A. Leather want to throw a party with you. But... We want no trans women in our party. Okay. So, we're like, yeah, let's have everybody together, but no trans women. So how would you feel about hosting this party with us still? Um, I would ask why. What if we say, well, because we don't think they're women? Ooh. That's kind of... I would ask, well, I mean, that's cool that you say that, but I mean, everybody thinks differently. You know, if, you know. Being a father, if my son tells me he, he thinks of himself as a woman and he wants to change his sex, then I will support him 100%. He's so still my son. Would you still host a party with us or not? I would support it, but I probably would not attempt just for that. Because I have kids and I'm a big supporter for everybody being themselves, regardless of what everybody else thinks. Be yourself, be happy. But I was still supporting really. Yeah, you go ahead. Do what you gotta do. I remember being in that room and honestly my palms were feeling all sweaty. Yeah, I was kind of dying for him in this moment. It was tense. Yeah. And so because this round is worth the most points, Jose could be in danger of losing this entire competition just based on this. But who knows? Everyone that I talked to, especially the judges, insisted that it was too early to tell because there's still three more rounds. The theater started to fill up. The music kicks in. People flooded the balcony, the floor, and the bar. And that's where we were. Mm-hmm. It had been a long day. We kind of wanted to relax before this thing kicked off. So we had a drink. No, Alyssa. Okay. No, 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 wait, hold on. 
I really don't want you to play this next thing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's an honest picture of this day. Oh, we agreed not to, please. We never agreed on that. Hey, what's up? This is James. And I'm talking, and I'm uh, singing, and I'm dancing, and I... There's so many hotties here, it's ridiculous. There's so many. So many of my type here. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> you love it, though. No, I don't. Whatever. James, uh, whoa, I was thinking... James, give me, like, um, a rundown of the scene. What's happening? What? Uh, right now we're in an auditorium that's full of leather daddies. So many dudes and leather and beer everywhere. Beard. <laughs> I'm just distracted. I can't even talk straight right now. But it's loud. Everyone's mingling. And it's right before we're about to start. So it's going to be great. We're like five minutes out from the main competition. And should we go peek backstage and see how people are feeling before, before it happens? Yeah, let's do that. Yoshi, Yoshi, Yoshi. Hey, how's it going, James? Good, man. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling great, really. Yeah. Terrific. Are you feeling nervous at all? No. All I can do is do the best that I can. And it's just gonna go out there, have fun. Everyone looks fucking amazing. And we're gonna have a great time. How are you feeling? I'm so freaking ready. Yeah, no, I'm so excited. I'm so pumped up. Is Ben out there in the VIP section? He is. I didn't see him inside, but I saw him actually drive by the alley while I was outside. So we got to say hello and we love each other. You seem like you're like ready to do this. You're excited in a good way. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I feel like a boxer at this point that I'm like super pumped up and I'm ready to go out there and I mean, I don't want to say kill it, but like really do my best and be myself. How you feeling, Jose? Hi. How you feeling, man? Uh, a little nervous, but I'll be all right. Yeah? yeah. Why nervous? Um, I, just the jitters of being on stage, but once I'm on, up there, I'll be fine. So everyone is in their seats, the stage is set, the lights are dimmed, and now the show begins. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's there's an opening ceremony to kick everything off, and the 11 contestants are all backstage gearing up for the next three rounds. First, the contestants are going to show off their formal wear look, and they have to give that dreaded 90-second speech. The next round is where the contestants dress in their bar wear look, and then they're asked a serious question. And finally, the contestants come out in their swimwear look. Basically, they're all wearing nothing but a jock strap asses out and everything, and they're asked a funny question. Each of these three rounds is worth 20 points, 60 points total, include the 40 from the interview round from earlier in the day, and that makes a hundred points. It sounds kind of technical, but I feel like we should explain that no one is talking about points today. Mm-hmm. You don't know how many points people got for each round, and in the end, you don't know what people's final scores are. That all happens behind closed doors. Yes, but regardless, whoever gets the most points wins the title of Mr. Los Angeles Leather.
So now it's time for the 90-second speech round. The one that has caused these guys so much anxiety. They have to stand on stage with hundreds of people watching them. No music, no crazy visuals in the background. It's just them alone with a mic. And up next is Spike. Our shared history begins with a bunch of crazy, kinky queers coming together. And coming together. As early as the 1940s, around this motorcycle and leather culture. While the rest of the world was saying, you're sick. You're a sinner. You're less than a man. This underground leather world was saying, feed me your sickness. Get on your knees. You are a man and you have a home. Spike is just killing it. Yeah, the audience is totally focused on him, and you can tell that his speech is very personal. I know who I am. I'm someone who remembers the smell of his father's freshly polished boots with fear and excitement. I'm someone who loves the sound of leather hitting flesh and the cooling touch of air on hot skin. I'm someone who wears heels and makeup. I'm someone who would be proud to represent and reflect the city that I love. A city that is diverse, complicated, influential, and significant in our history. I am Spike, and I am Levin. Spike just said a lot in 90 seconds. It was personal. He threw in some history about leather and got some crowd reaction. But I do wonder if that's enough to bounce back from the missed history question. I mean, it really all depends on how everyone else does. And this next person needs to really deliver. Give it up for contestant number five, Jose Magana! How's everybody doing? Good! Um, so I'm going to start my speech a little bit on a different note here. So he's nervous. I mean, we're sitting there and we're watching him on stage and we can just see it in the way he's holding himself. So three years ago, I got news that my dad had a heart attack. And on the same day, I got news that I was HIV positive. So that was a lot to digest in one day. And two weeks later, my dad passed away. I dealt with the loss, remorse, grief, hate of dealing with my father growing up and putting him, uh, putting him down at his funeral. Uh, a month after, I had to deal with the, the part of accepting myself, being a, a male, HIV positive and having to love myself, learning to love myself. And that was hard enough growing up with the fathers that was telling me, you better not be a fucking faggot, because I'll beat it out of you. So I had to learn to love myself. And it's not easy. There's a lot of people out there going through the same thing as me, or that I went through. It's not easy. But through education, talking to people, mentoring others, we can change that. And it all starts with you. So with that said, thank you for letting me be here tonight, and enjoy your night. All right, 
I have to say, that was really moving. Yeah, I mean, he did it. He opened up in his speech and he told this really hard story about his father and his HIV-positive diagnosis. But one thing that stuck out to me was that Jose's speech was just so tonally different than everyone else's. Yeah, everyone else was trying to, like, rile everyone up, and they got laughs and cheers. But Jose's speech was serious and kind of quiet the whole time. And I'm just not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be a really good thing. Like, they were wrapped and taking him seriously. It's just hard to know when you're telling that type of story. Yeah, and that kind of uncertainty doesn't benefit Jose, especially when you have contestants who did so well in the interview round. Here's contestant number 10. This is Pup Yoshi. My grandmother uses the Japanese phrase, uh, phrase quite often, which means it can't be helped. Basically, you may have been wronged or suffered an injustice, but the power of society, culture, and custom are so great that it's just best to move on and forget about it. For too long, Shkaraganai was how I tried to deal with the weight of sexual stereotypes that crushed my soul. Hearing things like, all Asian men are passive and afraid of sex over and over again, you start to believe it. But then I finally realized that my kink is not defined by where my ancestors came from. My kink is defined by what turns me on. Now, I think it's safe to say that Jose is out of the running because Yoshi is killing it again. Seriously. Stereotypes hold all of us back for fear of being rejected. Even tonight, there is someone who is not here because they believe that they wouldn't be welcome. So many of us have been told that we couldn't truly be leather because we were too young, too old, too fat, too skinny, too butch, too femme, too brown, too yellow, too whatever. So I want to say to you that I hear you I see you, and as your Mr. Los Angeles leather, I am ready to do the work to break down these stereotypes bit by bit until they are crushed and never forget that we are all leather. Thank you very much. Yoshi is just such a strong contender. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting this at all because we were talking about Jose and Yoshi as these shy guys and, like, how would they perform on stage? And talking about charisma, next up to the stage is Ben. We've been saying it all week. I'm going to say it again. We are all L.A. leather. I'm going to shout it from the rooftops so the whole world out there can hear it. The world out there because in here, we are all different. In the play spaces, in the living rooms, in the meeting halls, in the bars, we're all totally different. I have a lot of kinks and fetishes, uh, 
but by God, I don't have them all. And I've seen a lot of what you all do, and some of it is not my bad. And certainly, when you see me kneeling thirstily by the trough, or you see the welts on my back turn to bruises, that's not for you either. And that is awesome. Listen, I'm not the same color as a lot of you. I don't speak the same language in the same way. I don't have the same equipment, and I certainly don't use what I got in the same way. But I can damn sure promise all of y'all that I will come to you always from a place of love, of compassion, of respect, inquisitiveness, and sexiness that is, that is both tempered and excited by consent. And if the audience's reaction plays a role in the judging, I think Ben would definitely win. We know we are talented, and we know we are worthy. And when y'all figure that out, you give us a call, because we are still going to be here. I got to say, he really knows how to command a room. Seriously. He's just so confident on stage, and the crowd is just eating it up. So I know we didn't get to hear Ben's interview round, but if it was anything like this speech, I think he's a strong contender. I would totally agree with that. But he's not the only one who's commanding the audience. Now, please welcome to the stage, contestant number 11, Dwayne Carl! Okay, so Dwayne was someone we've been wanting to talk to for this entire competition, but he was adamant about not wanting to be interviewed. Yeah, his mind was all on the competition, and he didn't want any distractions to get in the way. Dwayne is Mr. Eagle LA, and that title has an impressive track record. Three of the past four winners of Mr. LA Leather have come from the Eagle. And if you remember Ben's episode... He initially pegged Dwayne to win. Dwayne has it all. The body, the passion, and the confidence. I want everyone in this room to stand up. Come on, stand up. Stand up. Yes. Turn to the person next to you and put your arms around them. Judges, you can do that too. Come on now. Come on. Yes. Now, do you feel that? Making a connection. A friend. Paying it forward. It just might save somebody's life. It saved mine! Thank you! I would be pretty worried if I were the other contestants right now. But let's not get ahead of ourselves because we still have two more rounds to go. So the next round is the bar wear round, where each contestant shows off what they will wear at a bar to catch people's attention. So a lot of the contestants are wearing leather vests with no shirt, leather pants or leather shorts, and leather boots. They also have to answer a serious question that's chosen at random. And this is to test how spokesmen-like they can be, because the winner will be doing speaking events around the country and representing the LA leather community. And the judges have to know how engaging they are when speaking to a large audience. So as the contestants step on stage, the host of the event asks them about their favorite kink. 
just to get them warmed up. But this is not a part of the question round. So tell us, what is your biggest fetish? Well, I am flying in black, so it's BDSM SM. So I do like to inflict a little pain and make it very pleasurable. Perfect. Oh, the audience did not respond well to Spike's fetish. Yeah, it was slightly awkward. I'm not sure what happened there. But, I mean, that was just the warm-up, so we can't even really know if that counts four points or against him. Let's just hope he does well with the actual question. Do you think leather should be exclusive or inclusive, and why? I think leather should be completely 100% inclusive to everyone who feels that they would like to partake, be it an experience, because they can always learn. And if, you know, I mean, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. You want to try it? Come see me. Come see somebody. Someone will help you, I promise. (laughs) Contestant number four, this is Spike. Okay, so that round wasn't the best for Spike. Uh, Yeah, but... It was a good thing the barware portion is only worth 20 points out of 100. Otherwise, he would be in trouble. Yeah. Next up is Jose. What what is your biggest fetish? So if you can't tell already, I'm a fister. Uh, The first time I ever fisted somebody, I was weirded out as fuck. (laughs) But... The more I did, the more I understood the intimacy, the sexual energy, that, you know, exchange of energy between the two people. And I fell in love with that. You know, I don't know, I don't know if there's any more way to be more intimate than that. If there is, please tell me, because I'm missing out. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Oh wait. Sorry. Oh no. Yeah, so Jose actually started out strong here. I know, the crowd was just so into him with that fisting thing. Yeah, but then he kind of ended it awkwardly by thinking the round was over before it really was. Yeah, let's just hope he does better at the question part. We hear contestants tell us that uh, they would like to give to the community if they win the title. What is something that you want the community to give back to you as a title holder? Wow. All right. Uh, more fisting bottoms. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jose, really coming out of his shell. Yeah, he really delivered that one. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so Jose, kind of a toss-up. One moment I think it's over for him, and then he kind of riles up the crowd in the way he did just now. And I'm like, ooh, maybe he has a chance. Right? But... It feels like he's still a bit behind the other contestants, like Papyoshi. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Do I call you Pop or do I call you Yoshi? I answer to either. To either? Yes. Okay. Is there a preferred one there? Well, if you call Pop in this crowd, you'll probably get a lot of responses. So the Pup community is a subculture in the leather world, and apparently they came out tonight howling for Papyoshi. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, your future, or anything else, what would you want to know? I would want to know the day that I'm going to Costco to buy a whole bunch of booze and food for the biggest fucking party when Trump is not our president anymore. (laughs) 
loudest response of the night. Yeah, we actually had to turn the levels down on our recorders because it was so loud. This is a close race. Like, I truly have no idea who's the front runner at this point. And we still have a couple more contestants to go. Yes, like Ben. Mr. L.A. Leather title holder has a lot of freedom to adapt the job to their own personality. Some have been serious players and kink ambassadors. Some have been effective political activists. Others have connected people and attended a ton of events. What sort of role do you see for yourself if you win the title? If I win, Mr. L.A. Leather, I want to be Los Angeles's listener-in-chief. Because there are a lot of people that we have not heard for a long time. And I'm really excited because they've still been talking uh, to know what they have to say and uh, elevate it. I mean, let everybody else know what it is. Contestant number eight, Mr. Ben Cooper. Okay, okay, solid answer. Not like quite as crowd-pleasing as Yoshi or Jose, but it was really thoughtful. But is being thoughtful enough? This is such a close race, and one tiny slip could cost these contestants the title. True. Especially when you have someone like Dwayne in the running. What will be your leather legacy if you win Mr. LAL 2018? The legacy that I will leave as Mr. Los Angeles level, is that it will be one of love, connection, diversity, unifying us together. Because you know what? Leather is inclusive, and we get to accept everybody that wants to be a part of our wonderful celebration because we are all one, we are leather, and we get to celebrate that, all right? That's what I'm talking about. Okay. That was decent, but I have to say it's honestly a toss-up right now. Yeah, people do well in one round and then kind of, eh, like mixed reactions in another. But maybe this last round will separate some from the pack. So we finally arrived to the last round, the crowd-pleasing jockwear round, or what we've been calling it, the swimsuit round. Yes, so this is where the contestants strip down to basically as little as possible without being fully naked. And then they have to answer a funny question. It's the last opportunity for the competitors to impress the judges. And Spike is up next. Where is the most unusual place you have ever had sex? And we want details. (laughs) Well, As a leather man, person, my bedroom. (laughs) Short and sweet. That's how I like it. Yeah, damn, Spike. He was pretty consistent throughout. No major errors. The crowd loved him. And he honestly has a shot at the title. Next up, Jose. What's your most embarrassing dungeon or darkroom experience? In detail, please. Oh, all right. Uh, all right, so when I first started going out, I would go and, uh, you know, experiment with the glory holes. Little do you know, I don't know, mouths turn into 
hands and turn into butts and I don't know what else they turn into, but yes, that was the most exciting and weird and interesting and I was like perplexed as to what I just fucked. <laughs> Contestant number five, Jose Magana. So you can tell that Jose has some stage fright and he's been audibly nervous for most of the competition which is a bummer because he did so well in the last round. I just don't know if he has a shot at winning this title. Yeah, I mean, I would not put any money on it at this point. All right, so next in line is Pop Yoshi. You want to see some outrageous bondage and spanking? Which two judges would you most like to see have a bondage and spanking scene on the field during halftime at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Who is doing what to whom exactly? So my, my question is why do I have to pick just two? I'm running on a platform of inclusivity. I love Pup Yoshi. He really exceeded my expectations tonight. Yeah, I think this was a really solid answer. He got the audience laughing. Not like crazy laughter, but I still think he has a shot to win this thing. Agreed. All right, we got two more contestants left. The first one is Ben. Your little brother is in your room and notices your sex toys. He asks, what is this? What do you say? Give it to him. Listen, I love an incest fantasy as much as the next person, but like, not my actual little brother. <laughs> the little brothers that I have are the brothers here, the brothers and the boys of leather. And to them I say, oh, you don't already know? Hang on, let me put it in the dishwasher real quick. <laughs> and then we'll have some fun. May cancel your plans for the next few hours. It's going to be great. Contestant number eight, this is Ben Cowper. Ben is just so comfortable on stage. You can see it. I mean, like the way he handled that heckler, and he was just able to play it off. Yeah, I didn't feel nervous for him at all. It was a delight to watch him on stage. Totally agree. I mean, he just has that charisma. Okay, and we're here. It's the last question of the night for the final contestant, Dwayne. Describe a kink on a budget shopping trip at Home Depot. What do you buy, and how will you use it? It's really simple. I go to Home Depot and buy about nine feet of chain, real cheap, $1.25 per yard. <laughs> Bring it home, get my subject, wrap him up, lock him up, and then we're going to have some fucking sex all night long with him being able to do anything but just make me love him. That's what's up. Sounds good. Contestant number 11, Dwayne Carl. Okay, I have to be honest, I, I liked his response, but it didn't seem like the audience was that into it. I totally agree with that. 
there's just something about Dwayne where I'm just drawn to him. But I wonder if the judges feel that way too. And now all that's left to do is wait. And if you thought that felt long, try waiting 40 minutes, because that's how long it took for them to announce the winners. So we were told by someone backstage that there was this long delay in delivering the results because there was a tie. Right. They had to do a recount. I'm telling you, this competition was really, really close. James and I were talking it over, trying to figure out who would win, and we just couldn't decide. Yeah, and apparently the judges couldn't either. So after waiting for almost an hour, everyone came back on stage. And the first award that they announce is the Brotherhood Award. This is an award that was voted on by the contestants. It's basically a Miss Congeniality Award. It is a great honor and privilege for me to announce that this year's 2018 Bob Tomasino Brotherhood Award goes to Ben Kaufner. All right, Ben. Yes. Okay, now it's the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to announce who won Mr. L.A. Leather. All right. Okay, and here we go. I've got the envelope here. Second runner-up, Pup Yossi, Eagle 562. Aw, I'm like happy and sad at the same time. Yeah, I know. He really came through tonight, and I'm honestly surprised he didn't place higher. I mean, either way, top three is still good. And first runner-up is Spike, Mr. Precinct. Oh, man. So I know Spike really wanted to win this title. Becoming a part of the leather community was somewhat life-changing for him. And he really wanted to make a difference by winning. Yeah, but first runner-up is nothing to be ashamed of. Okay, here we go. The moment has come. And your new Mr. Los Angeles Leather 2018 is Ben Cowper. As soon as they announce Ben as the winner, the whole theater transforms pretty quickly. The chairs go away, the lights dim, and it turns into just a dance party that's going to continue late in the night. And I had to chase Ben down. He was literally like fleeing the building, and I caught him on the sidewalk in front of the theater with his husband. How are you feeling in this moment? I don't know. I'm not even here. Oh my God, this is incredible. Like, I feel like my brain has taken leave of my body. How surprised were you? Uh, A lot. Because when they announced you as the Brotherhood, I was like, oh, well, I guess that must mean he can't get the main award. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You got the Miss Congeniality. I did. Oh, I'm Sandra Bullock, (laughs) you guys. You're Sandra Bullock and the winner. Shit. All right. 
All right. Oh, God. I don't even know what to think. I wasn't surprised at all. <laughs> By either one. You're contractually obligated. Nope. All right, those two. How yeah. are you feeling in the audience when that happens? Um, speechless, mostly. <laughs> Emotional. I knew he'd win the Brotherhood Award because he's him. I mean, every judge said to me, he's so likable. How can anybody not like him? Of course they did. <laughs> it was obvious he was going to win. To me, anyway. <laughs> oh my God, it's Mr. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Thank you. Oh, dear. I am going to go back in. Yeah. competition is hosted by me, James Kim. And me, Elissa Dudley. Our editor is Cameron Kell. Yes. And he also did the music with James and Ryo Bong. And our theme song was written by Andrew Epen. He has a band called Oyster Kids with Ryo Bomb. Go check his music out on Spotify. Our artwork was made by Tony Diamato, who's amazing, by the way. Yeah. And we wanted to thank everyone in the leather community that opened their doors and let us come into their homes, their spaces to cover this event. And as always, until next time.